Welcome to episode 42 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, and we got the whole crew today, Matt, Andrew, and Matt. First time in a while we've had all of us here, but it's a big episode. It's the full season preview and prediction, so I feel like we all got to be here. And I think we'll just jump right into it. The goal today, we're going to break down every player, all 12 guys. We'll talk about what they, who they are, what they're going to do for the team, how much they'll play. And we're getting to some award predictions at the end, maybe some MVP, freshman of the year, most improved player, stuff like that. And then finally, we're going to we're gonna make our record predictions and predict how far we think the Huskies will make it in the tournament. I feel like we're all pretty confident they can make another deep run, but we'll see at the end. Let's get into it right away. First player we're going to talk about is the guy who went off in the national championship game last year, Tristan Newton. He returns for his second year in stores in his fifth year in college basketball. I feel like he's going to really be the engine of this offense with no more Andre Jackson. He's going to be the guy, no more Jordan Hawkins either. He's going to be the main scorer on the perimeter. I'm really excited to see how he grows this year. I really think he was the most important one to come back because obviously we lost our big three. And then, you know, Klingon and Caravan taking that next step. But a team that wins is a team that has a true point guard. And I just think that Newton coming back was. Yeah, Andrew has been having some technical difficulties. So, Matt, you want to jump in? Yeah, anyways, I'll pick up where Andrew left off. Um, You know, Newton for me is a guy who I remember we were all a little frustrated with him to start off last year. We thought he started slow and, you know, we thought he was a little bit better than or we thought he was going to be a little bit better than what he was at first. But then as the season went on, he ended up playing a lot better. He ended up really being kind of the X factor to that championship run, you know, having a point guard out there averaging six, seven assists. What was he doing in the tournament? Something like that. And, you know, in the biggest games, giving you 10 to 12 and eight assists. And now it's just going to be an increased role for him after we lost our two top scores. So I really think he's going to have a big year this year. Yeah, and I, I uh, assume he'll begin to, you know, heat up again as the season goes on, kind of play into the season. Um, you know, maybe we're not going to get that national championship, um, you know, production from him immediately, but you don't necessarily need that this year. He's not being forced into this role anymore, uh, especially with Castle. We might see a lot of Newton at the two, but I'm really excited to see how him and Castle kind of like, they're a little bit of fire and ice because Newton is like much more of a shooter compared to Castle. Castle will get uh, get to the basket. Newton will stretch the floor. So I'm pretty excited to see how those two kind of collaborate and work together and run this offense. I'd like to see how Harley uh, runs them too because, you know, he's full of great ideas. Yeah, you lead me to my next point there. Obviously last year, Andre Jackson brought up the ball a fair amount, but Newton was really the only true ball handling point guard on the floor. Now we have Castle, which allows Newton to kind of go off the ball a little bit and maybe go like not not kind of like Hawkins last year, how you would like go around screens and get open for shots. I could see Newton maybe doing a little bit of that. I feel like this is kind of a little bit of a bull prediction early. I think he's a sneaky leading scorer for us this year, maybe like 15, 16 points per game. I feel like obviously you have guys like Klingon, Spencer, Caravan that could all also be up there, but I feel like Newton very easily could lead this team in scoring. And obviously that fifth year experience is very important. You don't see that a lot anymore, uh, especially, you know, once you get into March. But having a guy that's been around for as long as he has, uh, definitely great. Definitely good to have. Yeah, and just one more thing about Newton real quick. 
you're starting to see him get a lot of, you know, national coverage and attention as one of the better point guards in the country. I don't know. You'll just be scrolling through Instagram and, uh, you know, Bleacher Report will be talking about top 10 point guards in the country going into the season. You'll see Tristan Newton there. So obviously the expectations for him are sky high, you know, from experts. So, you know, I don't know. I just thought I'd add that. Kind of interesting to see that. Kind of cool to see that he's getting national attention. But, yeah, that's where the expectations are right now. All right. I think we'll jump from one of our returning starters to the other one, Alex Caravan. He was obviously started at the four pretty much every game last year, except for the first one. And he's another guy that's going to take a big jump. He was on that. We talked about Matt just talked about the uh, awards. Caravan was on the Carl Malone Award watch list, top power forward in the country. He's, he's a great shooter. I mean, I could see him jumping from, he was around, I believe just under 10 points per game. I think he can easily get up to 13, 14 with the shots he's going to get with no more Hawkins and Sonogo. I feel like he's also improved defensively. I feel like that was one area where we thought he's like a lot of liability out there. I remember last year we're talking, is he going to guard a Bryce Hopkins when we play Providence? And I think, feel like this year, there's no question he's improved and he's going to be able to do something like that thing is with Caravan is that you often forget that he is a second-year player. At least I find myself forgetting that he's only going to be a second-year player. Um, he just has a sense of maturity. Like, he's been around, you know, forever, a couple of years. But just his, like, maturity and the way he plays, the way he learned throughout last season, how to be more aggressive on defense, more aggressive on offense, it's just, you know, you feel like – he is like a fourth year, like a senior coming back, but he isn't. He's a second year. And I feel like he is going to take a bit of a jump, maybe up to that 14 points per game mark where we did uh, would definitely love to see him. Hopefully, you know, he gets in there starting every game. So definitely excited to see what he can do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shoot. My bad. Anyways, what I was going to say was uh, I think you're right about that. The fact that He's just such a steady, steady presence. You know, it's not normal when you see a freshman out there last year and you're not even thinking about him. You're not nervous when he gets the ball. You know he's going to make the right play. And now with just all that more experience, uh, UConn played the most basketball in the country last year besides San Diego State, you know, with all the tournament games. So he's got all that experience. He's got all those high-pressure moments that came from that, and he didn't fold, you know. He's just a guy who always makes the right play. He's starting to get to a point where he's a real big, sturdy body on defense. So I think he's going to have a much bigger year. And plus, I'm sure he's put a lot of work into his shooting and his ball handling in the offseason. So his offensive playmaking could only go up from last year. You know, it wasn't much. He's kind of a spot-up guy, kind of a, you know, roll off, get a layup type of guy. But I think if, you know, his ball handling and shot creation could step up, he'll be a guy who we see over at 12, 13 points a game. We might even start talking about the NBA soon with him. All right, so I apologize for my technical difficulties over here, but I still want to make my point about Caravan and how we saw him progress during the season. You know, during the beginning of the season in non-conference and even early in Big East play, I feel like he was just kind of that quiet freshman who thought he was out there to just do one thing, and then we we saw him in the He would get inside, get rebounds, and even like flat-footed dunks and stuff like that. So I feel like he's definitely ready to take that that next uh, big jump into being our everyday uh, power forward, especially with the at the beginning of the season. Like we have no idea how Klingon's going to be, even Samson. So I feel like he's definitely ready to be that uh, to be that guy. 
I think now we'll jump into Klingon, the other freshman on last year's team. He, everyone's predicting, going to take a massive leap. Obviously, the production he had in the limited minutes, it was like something like almost seven and five in 13 minutes per game, some insane stat line like that. I feel like you figure his minutes will at least be doubled this year. Obviously, he's dealing with the injury. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, in the next few minutes. But I feel like it's this is a huge year for him. He's a preseason All-American list. I feel like, I kind of feel like it's a little like, not on, I don't know the right word, unnecessary or like a stretch because I mean, he aver- he still averaged seven points last year and you're projecting him to be this top guy. He very easily could be. I expect him to be, but I feel like it's kind of a stretch in the preseason. Maybe that's another hot take from me. Well, he's going to be getting these starter minutes, which is a big deal because last year with Sonogo, it was you know, where's Klingon? A lot of the time we were wondering where's Klingon. We wanted him on the floor. So I feel like we're going to be getting a lot of Donovan Klingon this year, you know, pending injury. But I'm uh, excited to see him just come out and just hoop. I mean, uh, with all the preseason hype he's getting, no Big East first team, which kind of threw me off. They didn't predict, uh, project him to be on the all Big East first team, which I think he'll definitely do. Uh, I feel like compared to the likes of other guys, you know, like Kalkbrenner and such, you know, he's better he will play better this season with more minutes with more opportunity more plays written up for him I'm excited to see how he comes out and you know kind of makes the most of his starter minutes you know with Sonogo gone show what he's learned show what he's practiced and I think he'll definitely be first team all big east yeah and one of the most efficient players in college basketball you know he's not going to miss many shots because he's only taking shots from inside five feet and he's seven foot twenty you know, not to mention he's real skilled, real fast. You know, the foot injury is a little concerning because you see that with, you know, mobile big guys a lot is they're so large and they're moving around. They build a lot of stress on their feet. And, you know, that can lead to some, some you know, issues. But, you know, I don't want to I don't want to get too caught up on this little sprain that he's got going on. I think he'll come back healthy and he'll come back and have a great year. But, yeah. You know, if you do the math on it and you see he was only getting 14 minutes a game last year or 13, 14, however many it was, and then you basically double that, you know, we should see a huge, huge uptick in production from him. And, um, you know, I really think he could be one of the best centers in the country. I don't think he can be the best center in the country, but definitely the Big East for sure. You know, we definitely got one of those guys in the Big East where we don't have to worry about the front court, no matter who we're playing. You know, we know we can compete at the front court. So I think the most important part to this team, probably our best player for being realistic. And um, yeah, be lucky if we get him back for another year after this. Yeah, I do feel like this is definitely the year that he's going to take his big step you know the awards I've always thought that the preseason teams the award teams those really mean nothing to me because they're just their predictions you know they it really I don't think it means anything I mean I don't think Tyler Kolek's gonna be that good and they've got him on the, the what the all-american team for the entire NCAA so I just really don't think that these uh these awards watch list whatever I don't think they really mean much because Hawkins wasn't on much, I don't believe, last year, and he was still a lottery pick. So I just – I don't really pay attention to those, but I do think that this is the year that he takes his big step towards the NBA. But I do think that he he still is a little bit raw. You know, he's he was very good last year, but I do think that to be a dominant center, he's got some things to work on. But I think I think Hurley's got it under control for sure, but he's going to be our biggest – 
our biggest piece per se in in this year's team for sure. Yeah, I'll get to the injury a little bit here. Obviously, it's a foot thing with him. It happened, I believe, the timetable was early October, and it was like three to four weeks initially. But at the blue-white night on Wednesday, he he didn't participate in any of the scrimmages or drills. He shot around beforehand. He was taking threes, which that might be a thing this year too. Who knows? He's he can, he's making them, so maybe he'll take them in game. But he was shooting around, and he like I said, he didn't play in any of the drills. And afterwards, after everyone left, he I saw he was doing trying to do some sprints from one baseline to the other, and it it was a struggle like a quarter of the way in for him. He could he was hurt, and I could tell. So I in ten days when they play Northern Arizona, I honestly doubt he'll be out there, but. Luckily, you have two weeks after that first game until your first one that really matters against Indiana. I feel like I feel like Hurley and the staff, they want him to heal up fully for that. So I feel like there's a solid chance you won't see him the first three, three, four games, however many there are before then. Now we'll move on to guys who are likely coming off the bench this year. Well, if, if I forgot if I mentioned, we're starting with the returning players, then to the, the transfer, there's only one, then the freshman. So moving on to Hassan Diar, the backup point guard last year, really the energy guy for us. I feel like he's going to be a true leader of this team being on the, on the roster last year. He's a lockdown defender. And I think it's also huge that our bench is pretty much him and a bunch of freshmen. So ha- having him mentor those guys that are coming off the bench is, is very crucial. I feel like he's going to, he's the type of guy that's going to be really, he's going to be really good in that role. Yeah, and I'm just really glad Haas came back for another year. And we know exactly what we're going to get from him. You know, the defensive intensity, not much scoring, but he'll hit his open threes when he needs to. He passes the ball well. He's actually pretty good in the pick and roll for a backup point guard. You know, he's a guy who could really substitute in there and still run offense. And you know that his defensive intensity is going to be there and his hands are going to be active. So just delighted to have that dude back for another year. And uh, he's a type of guy that you need coming off the bench on a good team yeah he's definitely the perfect little role player you know he comes in he doesn't you know overplay his ability he doesn't try too much he doesn't do too much he just does what he's supposed to do and coming off the bench that's fantastic uh having a guy like that who could just come in and play his role play some great defense hit a three or two and then you know just come out um he won't shoot any shots that he knows that you know coach one like or that aren't his shots. It's just, it's great to have a guy like that who especially will mentor the younger guys. Yeah, really. You need that toughness. Like, especially say your freshman castle, he's struggling early defensively against a guy like Tyler Kolek, one of the better guards in the conference. You bring in Diara to completely disrupt what's going on there. I feel like that's humongous. And like, like I mentioned, I'll reiterate it, the experience. I mean, he didn't, he kind of fell out of the rotation come final four national championship time but he was one of our nine guys all year long he made some starts he started a game in the big east tournament he it's just the experience is huge to bring back you don't really see it often national championship team to return half the rotation pretty much and i feel like i'm I'm really excited to see him he's not gonna he's not gonna put up 10 points per game but he's gonna play his role well and the next guy, another another real wild card, Samson Johnson, last year started the first game, got hurt, didn't come back until the winter, and he really didn't wasn't in the rotation at all after that. He's he's probably going to end up being our starting center for the first couple of weeks if Klingon's out, which I'm fine with. He's earned that role. I feel like he's due for a breakout year. 
Yeah, I mean, seeing the clips, man, holy. Like, seeing the clips with him, I mean, he's just – he looks like he's put on a bunch of muscle, and he looks like – he he's a weird player. Like, I don't, I don't mean that in a mean way, but he's always been – like, since a freshman, he was playing a little bit. You know, people thought he would transfer. Then last year, everybody saw him in the starting lineup, so they thought that he had gotten a lot better than he got hurt and really didn't play much. So I think this is his big year. You know, I don't know if he's quite NBA guy, but – I think he is going to play a really big role, especially coming off the bench once Klingon's back. Yeah, and last year, you know, Klingon got the opportunity because Samson Johnson had the foot injury. And this year, Samson Johnson's going to get the opportunity because Klingon has the foot injury, you know, which is a little funny. But obviously, Sonogo's gone, so Johnson's kind of getting catapulted into a bigger role here. And you said it, Connor, he's a wild card. No idea what to expect from him, but only heard good things about him. You know, you see the the official team account posting their little practice highlight reels and you always see Samson Johnson getting dunks. You even see him hitting a jumper. So I think he's going to be a good player and we've kind of just been stashing him away. You know, there hasn't really been minutes for him, but I think now that there's minutes for him, he's going to, he's going to have a good year. I don't, you know, he'll at least get an increase in minutes. I can't really comment on whether or not he'll be a great player for us or not, but definitely an increase in minutes is something to look for from him. Yeah, and we really, we really can't forget that he was our opening night starter last year, and he did get hurt, and Alex Caravan came in and kind of, you know, stole the show. So it was a little bit unfortunate, but um, I'm excited to see, you know, what he does with his minutes this year for sure. Yeah, moving on now from Sampson to the last returner, a guy who was not in the rotation once last year, but I feel like has a slight chance to crack it this year, Apostolos Rumaglu. Obviously, we brought in a couple of guys like him, Yaron Hassoun. Hassoun let transfer, but Apostolos stayed. And, I mean, just look at him physically. I mean, he's six seven, six eight, legit six eight. He can shoot the ball. He's been in the system for a year. I feel like I wouldn't be surprised, especially in these first few games, to see him get some run just to see what he can do I mean especially with his competition being a bunch of freshmen who play the similar position I feel like Hurley tends to stray away from freshmen sometimes I mean last year was the exception with Klingon and Caravan but I feel like there's a chance Apostolos could get some run he's a he's a solid player but he just last year there was no chance he was getting any playing time and you guys got any thoughts on Apostolos not too surprised, but we'll move on. That's no disrespect to him. It's just there's not much to say, but hopefully there will be much to say this time next year when he's our starting small forward averaging 25 a game. Uh, we'll go to the our only transfer. Cam Spencer came over from Rutgers. He played at Loyola, Maryland for a few years prior to that. He's the way we've been describing him on this podcast. He's not Jordan Hawkins. He's not Joey Calcaterra. He's right in the middle. He's a shooter. He's going to get you double-digit points per game. He's, like like I mentioned, the only transfer that Hurley brought in. And Hurley knows his transfers like we saw last year, so he definitely wouldn't pick a guy out of nowhere that wouldn't help the team. He's going to, he's in his fifth year. He's going to be a starter. I'm really excited to see how he plays. Yeah, and having a guy like that, you know, that we've seen before, sort of in a way, that can come in, come off screens, you know, hit some big shots – it's very important you need guys like that to hit shots uh especially when it comes time when it comes time you know for March Madness uh you need a guy who's going to come in and hit threes um teams that shoot the three well win the big games so I'm excited to see how much of an impact he has I'm not too familiar with 
you know, his game yet, but I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah, and I think what people forget about him is he's not just a three-point guy. He's a three-and-D guy. He led – I think he led the Big Ten in steals. I, I'll check on that real quick. I'll check on that. Well, he led the Patriot League in steals, Big Ten Patriot League, same thing. But I think he was also high up there in the Big Ten in his lone year there with um, Rutgers. But, yeah, not only is he going to be giving us, you know, probably a good 11-12 a game, spacing the floor a lot, opening up lanes for us, but he might even get two steals for us. And he's also, you know, kind of a wider guy, kind of a stronger guy who could get down and, you know, not too many guards could get past him. So the defensive backcourt is looking like it might be able to make some plays, get some steals, and not to mention this guy's going to bring some spacing that is much needed. Yeah, he's like the ultimate basketball guy. You look on Instagram, you're not finding a Cam Spencer account. He's not on social media like that. He's just a clutch shooter. In the blue-white game, They, like I mentioned, they did three scrimmages. And the final one, he, the, he was on Team Blue at the time. They were down by three with like 20 seconds left. And they ran the offense, and he drilled a three with – 25 seconds left to tie the game. That's the type of guy that he's going to be for this team, taking and making those clutch shots. And with no more Hawkins, who was that guy last year, remember in the title game when San Diego State came back, Hawkins hit that clutch three to really keep us in the lead. I feel like Spencer's the type of guy like that that's going to it's going to make sure we stay in all these games. Now we're going to move on to the freshman class, the the Fab Five as they've been called. The we'll start with Stefan Castle who's the top guy out of the five. He's the top recruit. He's going to be a lottery pick, most likely a one and done, which it's cool to see a one and done at UConn. We haven't really seen too many recently. He's a, I feel like he's a real underrated defender. I feel like we talk about, oh, he's a great playmaker. He can slash, he can slash, he can score. But I feel like his defense is what stuck out to me when I watched him play. And I feel like, like I mentioned, the playmaking with Andre Jackson gone, we have a void there as the second playmaker behind Tristan Newton or along with Tristan Newton. He's going to fit that role perfectly. Well, yeah, just that large six, six frame um, immediately is a boost on defense, especially in today's game where there are guys like Tyler Kolick dominating the big East, uh, you know, smaller shiftier guards. It's great to have a bigger guard who can come in and, you know, guard three positions if you need them to, uh, and especially the playmaking, that, that's a big deal as well, because who's going to stop him? I mean, if, if he just gets into the paint, it opens up the floor so much uh, for guys like Spencer and Caravan and, you know, possibly even Klingon to shoot threes. So he's going to be a huge X factor. I feel like how we kind of had to figure out Andre Jackson throughout last year and figure out, you know, better ways to use his just like raw ability. Uh, we're going to be finding out different ways to use Tristan Newton. Our, uh, God. Uh, yeah. I goofed. Stefan Castle all season long. <laughs> yeah, and he's just an NBA guard. You know, he's one of those guys who you see the direction the NBA is moving in now. And I say this every time we talk about big guards on the show, but you see the direction the NBA is moving in. It's these six, 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 seven guys who could handle and pass the ball and play defense that are at a premium right now. You know, I think Amen and Asar Thompson. You know, I'm not saying this guy is them, but I'm saying he's the same prototype that they are. And obviously NBA scouts are all over that. And obviously he's going to contribute a lot to our team. If, you know, NBA scouts are going to be all over him. You know, it is kind of fun having these guys come in they play a couple years, but at the same time, it is fun having guys that are going to come in here and be lottery picks, you know, first round picks. And 
obviously that means he's going to be able to contribute to the team. So hopefully we end up having another particular one and done next year, but it's going to be fun. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think Castle is just going to be exactly like, like Jackson in so many ways. I mean, he's got almost the same build as him. You know, I've seen he's not the greatest shooter in the world, much better at defense passing like Jackson is. But I am really excited because this is our, you know, we've obviously had Book Knight and and Hawkins be lottery picks and then Jackson, Sonogo um, are with NBA teams now. Cowley's in the G League. So we've had guys that have, have gone pro, but we've never had a guy who's been projected to be a lottery pick after his first season. So I'm really excited, honestly, for the hype that he's going to bring to these games because a lot of people will be going to these games just to see him play. So I'm I'm excited for the hype he's going to bring to the program as well as his his skill set. Right, the next guy we're going to talk about is Solo Ball, Solomon Ball. I feel like after Castle, he's the next guy when it comes to minutes who's going to play the most for this team. He's a crazy athletic. He's only, what, like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, but he can jump out yeah. of the gym. It's a nice lefty stroke. I feel like he's he's a guy, like, he's a sneaky, like, he could be better than Castle this year production-wise. I feel like he's that good. Hurley and the staff believe so as well. He's another guy. I've said this pretty pretty much everyone. I'm really excited to see Solo Ball. Yeah, I've been saying this too. If you go back to our previous episodes, I've been really high on him. I just think his his athletic ability is just unmatched. I feel like he'll definitely be our you know highest flyer on the team this year, 100. He's gonna make an impact. Um, coming off the bench too. I feel like you know. He could earn starter stripes through the year. I doubt it. I bet you he comes off the bench all year. But he is going to just be a transcendent talent in the turn in the fact that you could just throw the ball to him just up in the air. And he'll go get it and he'll just throw it down. Or he can make a play. He can beat a defender. He's super quick. I, I feel like he's gonna be sneaky, 10 point a game guy. You know, and he almost goes under the radar because of Castle and um all everything else surrounding the program when we were recruiting him, he go, definitely goes under the radar because, you know, you take Castle out of this recruiting class, then Solo Ball is the best player in this recruiting class. And it's still a good recruiting class, even if you take Castle out. So, you know, definitely is a guy who you're not hearing about as much as you should, but, you know, start hearing about him because he's going to be a good player for us. And, you know, he's probably going to be around longer than Castle. And, you know, he might be one of the guys that ends up being a pillar of another deep tournament run. So, you know, definitely uh, keep an eye out for him because I don't think he's getting talked about as much as he should. And he's a guy you really can't compare him to. Like, you know, we've made comparisons for almost every guy here. We really can't compare him to anybody because we've never had a player like him. I mean, you can say that he's kind of like Vital, but he's, I feel like, a lot more athletic than Vital. Like, he's just a weird a weird player to kind of try to compare, but I'm, I'm really excited for him. And I do agree with Connor that his production wise, this is going to get taken the wrong way. I'm a hundred percent certain of it, but his production wise could be way better than castles because he's just going to be off the bench. And I feel like contributing more as if when castles in the starting five, um, he won't contribute a ton, but I think, I think ball will, will definitely contribute a lot off the bench. And I'm excited to see the step he takes this year. You know, with Hassan Diara, we mentioned how he's the energy off the bench on the defensive end. I feel like 
solo ball is the opposite. He's like, oh, the offense is struggling. We need a quick bucket or two. We're going to go to solo, and he can wake up the offense. I feel like he's perfect for that role. We'll move to a guy who played with solo ball. I believe it was AAU or something like that. I don't I, I don't remember exactly what, but Jaden Ross. Ross, is, he's a great build for a wing, very lengthy, can shoot the ball. I think he's the best shooter among these five freshmen for sure. I feel like with because of that, I think he will be in the rotation right away. Like, like I mentioned, this entire bench is pretty much freshman. I don't think they're all going to see minutes, especially once you get to those bigger games. I feel like after watching Jaden Ross for the past few months, I feel like he is a guy that will be in the rotation. And like the defense for him, it's not his main thing, but I feel like a raw freshman like that, the defense will come over time, especially in Dan Hurley's system. He's a guy who has drawn comparisons from experts, and by experts I mean the How About Them Huskies podcast, to uh, guys like Andre Jackson and Tyrese Maxey, you know, just a, a big, wiry wing who's going to be stealing the ball, dunking it all over the place. Um, You know, he's a little more of a project than the other two, but, you know, he's definitely going to be a guy who's around the program, and, you know, he has a really bright future, super athletic, like I said. All right, I think we'll move on to the the other wing among our freshmen, Jalen Stewart. He, like we mentioned, Samson was a wild card. I feel like Jalen Stewart among these five guys is the wild card of the group. He missed a lot of time in the summer. He didn't play on that Europe trip at all. He's been banged up, but I feel like he has a chance to sneak into the rotation. I feel like if there's if it's a competition between Ross and Stewart, I feel like Edge Ross right now. But he's a is he's not as good of a shooter as Ross, but he's still, I think, the second or third best shooter among these freshmen. He's a confident finisher. He had a couple of and ones in the blue white scrimmage. I feel like he's just a wild card. I'll leave it at that. I'm confident he's a guy that's going to be around a few years. He also could be a guy that goes off and is a two year to the NBA guy. Really, you don't know what you're going to get with him. My thing is, is that there's just so many guys on the squad this year that not everybody's going to be able to get a lot of run. Um, of course, we'd love to see, you know, all the freshmen play, have a starting five and a bench five and run 10 men, but that's not how Hurley's going to do it. He'll definitely roll with like seven or eight guys and the rest will kind of get, you know, left out maybe preseason minutes, but um, I, I'm not entirely sure how much he's going to play. Uh, of course, you know, I'd love to see him get an opportunity and we've seen guys who didn't have much opportunity at the start of the year kind of play into it, kind of Isaiah Whaley-esque, but uh, you know, I, I'm just more curious to see how he played, like how much he plays just in terms of how Hurley's going to run the rotation, because if Hurley wants a bigger rotation, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll see more of him. Yeah. You look at his position, he's Ross is more of like a, I guess if you're going to put one of the true natural positions, shooting guard slash small forward, I feel like Stewart's more of a small forward slash power forward type of guy which were kind of thin in the front court, which could lead to his advantage. I feel like behind Caravan at the four, there's no true backup power forward because Sampson's going to be the backup center for Klingon. So I feel like maybe there he can sneak in. But like you said, Matt, I feel like I feel like there's just a lot of guys and not enough, not enough playing time to be had. And we got one more guy, another another guy who may not see too much time out of the gate, but 
pro- he also could. I mean, with the injury to Klingon, I feel like this guy, Yusuf Singare, could be a factor in the first couple of weeks. He's a 6'10". He's strong and defined. He It's going to be hard to keep a guy out of the rotation when you look at him. He's just so big, so athletic. He's a great rebounder. I feel like this is the second time Ahmed and Azar Thompson are being mentioned in this episode in the OTE league. Uh, Singare played in last year, the, the league that sent two guys to the top five of the NBA draft. Singare led them in rebounds per game. So that that's certainly something. He's a great rebounder. He's he's I feel like he's a little raw, though. I mean, he's he hasn't really played against guys the competition of the big east the big men you look at Kalk Brenner you look at all these guys even Klingon in practice all these good big men I feel like it's going to take some time to get adjusted to that but I w- it wouldn't surprise me if he's a factor in this team all year and I and I saw him kind of arguing that raw title uh I'm not sure it's his favorite thing in the world I think he feels that he is a, a solid you know starting big man you know maybe in his head we have no idea what he's thinking but he has a lot of experience. He's played with a lot of great players, which is my big thing with him. He played with Sonogo back in high school, if I'm correct. Um, and playing with the Sarnam and Thompson, you know, those guys are NBA guys. He is very experienced and he probably learned a lot from Adama. I guarantee you they, they talk and they talked last year and they have been discussing. I wouldn't be surprised if there were practices there where they both got in and Sonogo kind of, you know, taught him a few things. I'm really excited to see, you know, maybe not this year, but definitely next season, what he can bring to the table, because he kind of gives me that Adama Sonogo vibe, if you will, just that big physical presence who's just going to get you buckets in the paint, soft touch. Um, I, I just want to see him learn this year. This is a big learning year for him because he could be a big piece on a national championship team, in my honest opinion, maybe not this year, but a year or two down the line. All right, I think now we're going to make some rotation predictions real quick. I feel like it'll be easier just to say who's not going to be in personally. We all may agree. I feel like it's going to be a nine-man rotation for the most part. I think the odd ones out are Yusuf Singare, Rumaglu, and Jalen Stewart, in my opinion. Do you guys agree? What What do you think it's going to look like? I think a lot of it has to do with preseason, what we see in preseason, because Hurley has to kind of learn these guys in a way and learn where they're going to go and learn where everyone can fit in. And I feel like we're going to learn a lot about the team through preseason. We'll see guys play in game one who honestly probably won't play in game two or game three, or we'll see guys who don't play in game one come in game two and game three. And I feel like it's just going to be a feeling out process because there's just so much talent on this team uh, that's just so unknown. If you look back like two or three years ago to the teams that we built with a cook, a cook, we had Brendan Adams. We had all these guys who were end of the bench guys sort of in a way, but were much better than typical guys that we have coming off the bench. I feel like this year it's going to kind of be like that, but we are all unsure about what's coming off the end of the bench. We haven't seen these guys play at the college level I feel like we're just going to be learning as the season goes on. It's going to be a learning process. Um, teams obviously slump like we did last January, but hopefully by March we have a pretty solid idea of who these guys are and we can put out the best lineup possible, you know, to get us success in the tournament, whether that's seven guys or whether that's 10 guys. I just am curious to see. 
you know, and I think we have the starting five. Pretty good idea. Uh, you know, once Klingon's healthy, I think we're going to see Newton, Castle, Spencer, Caravan, Klingon. Except I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Hurley didn't start Castle at first. I don't know. Maybe just like a freshman type of thing. But at the same time, I don't know who else we would turn to. And then, you know, off the bench, we're obviously going to have Diara. Then we'll probably see a little bit of solo ball. And then we're also going to see some Samson Johnson this year, like we said earlier. But, you know, then where do you go? You know, that's an eight-man rotation right there. You know, unless I'm missing someone, where do you go after that, you know? What happens when someone gets injured? What happens when someone's not having a good game? Uh, You know, that's what they're going to need to start figuring out. And obviously, as the course of the season plays out, they'll figure that out. But, you know, the sooner they get that figured out, the better. I think it'll be matchup-based, in all honesty. You know, you play a team like Providence, who this year, with the departure of uh, – Croswell doesn't really have a a defined big per se you know you could go more guard play off the bench with Ball Ross and Stewart even like the forwards and Singari might not play that game but maybe in a game against Creighton you know if you need if you really need to filter in the bigs you know maybe Singare, Samson and Klingon play that game but a guy like Ross and Stewart doesn't you know so I just think with this team with so much depth at all positions I really I really think the rotation will won't be defined and it'll hundred percent be matchup based. Yeah, that's a good point. Like just throw different bodies at people in a matchup like that. Like you mentioned Kalkbrenner. If Klingon's struggling or Samson's struggling, throw Yusuf out there, see what he's got. What do you gotta lose? I think now we're gonna get to some, a fun portion. We're gonna do some preseason award predictions. I got five categories here. We got MVP. Rookie of the year or freshman of the year, whatever you want to call it. I called it rookie. Defensive player of the year, most improved player of the year, and the sixth man of the year. And I was thinking how I want to do this. I feel like we're going to do it no explanation style. We're just going to go around, say a name, and do it just to see. I don't know. It's just an interesting little little idea I had. We'll go backwards. We'll start sixth man of the year. You guys can decide the order. Just say a name, and that's it. I'll, actually, I'll go first, and I think it's solo ball. Yeah, give me Hassan Diara. I think he takes a big step. I'm going to roll with solo ball, too. Uh, raw freshman. Yep, I'm going with solo. All right, we got most improved player, Donovan Klingon. Samson Johnson. I was going to say Samson as well. I'm going to go Caravan. Defensive player of the year, Stefan Castle. Donovan Klingon. Donovan Klingon. <laughs> it's Donovan Klingon. <laughs> yeah, it's Klingon. No, no shot. It's not. A little controversy there, Connor. Yeah. I liked what I saw. All right. Focus. Rookie of the year, Stefan Castle. Yeah. So you know, you know, across yeah, the board. 100%. I don't know. I can't take solo ball just to be different. I'm taking Castle. <laughs> An MVP. I want to go last on this one. Tristan Newton. I'm going to go with Klingon. This is tough. I got to go. Honestly, I think I'm going to go Newton, too. I think he's got a lot to prove last year. He's going to try to go to the draft, so I've got Newton. You see, I said I wanted to go last, expecting you all to say Klingon, because I'm also saying Tristan Newton. But, yeah, I feel like uh, – no explanation, no explanation. I'm not going to get into it. 
Wow. And now we'll just do some record predictions. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, not really record, but how? What do you think the ceiling of this team is? Like Big East play and NCAA tournament. I guess I feel like I feel like they can make a run to the Big East final. It's going to be tough with all these freshmen to win it, but I feel like by then they'll be a little more seasoned. I feel like they have they definitely have the potential to win the Big East tournament. But I think at least a trip to the final, and I feel like this group is definitely capable of getting back to the final four. I feel like at least a second weekend appearance, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. But I feel like they could definitely get to the final four. I'd say our ceiling, Big East wise, was definitely Big East champions. Our floor, uh, probably around fourth place. I'd say we usually dangle around fifth to first all season long. But I'd say we have a little bit of a higher floor this year, just finishing around fourth place. I think we could definitely, you know, especially with the guys that we have the experience that we have, push for a second weekend appearance in March. Um, obviously having. Newton and Caravan and all these guys, the top freshmen and Stefan Castle and, you know, just a solid rotation. I, I feel like we definitely are bound to make a deep run again, a semi-deep run. Yeah, and I think the ceiling of this team is unlimited. You know, I'm not going to put a ceiling on them. I really think, you know, it, it is a little biased because obviously we're UConn fans here. You know, we're on this podcast because we're UConn fans, but the talent's there again. The continuity is going to be there because we're returning so many uh, rotation guys from last year. So I really think I'm not going to put a ceiling on this team. You know, the ceiling for this team is a national championship and a Big East championship. You know, but that being said, I also don't think the floor is very low for this team. You know, like we were saying, I think the lowest they could end up in the Big East is fourth. Maybe they lose in the semifinals, definitely win in the quarterfinal. You know, I don't see one of those te- lower-seeded teams beating us in the quarterfinal. but you know, I think the ceiling is, you know, maybe you lose in the Big East semifinal to a good team like Creighton or Villanova. And then, you know, like I said, in national tournament, anything could happen. I really think, you know, this team could do great things. Yeah, I mean, it's it is really hard to put a ceiling on any team because the the I mean, like the it's weird way to put it but you can't you really can't put a ceiling because of what happened last year I mean I don't think any of us really expected UConn to win the entire thing you know we kind of thought that last year was going to be a a year where we just see what everybody's really made of because of of Castle coming in but we went and won it all last year I think that we're definitely a top three Big East team there's no doubt about that but I still – I can't – I don't see us winning the Big East tournament still, sadly. I just feel like – I just – I don't think we can win that tournament. And it's – it's it sucks, but I just – I see us going way, way further in March than in the Big East tournament. I think maybe we might even lose in the first round of the Big East tournament if we if we run into a tough team. But I, I still see us going to at least the uh, Elite Eight in March this year. But I, I don't think the Big East tournament is is our thing this year. We've always had our struggles in the Big East. The Big East tournament is the big one I want to see us win this year. You know, we got yeah. March Madness last year. I'm very – I just want to win the Big East. I want to have that those bragging rights over everybody else. And the Big East is probably the hardest league to win in basketball when you factor in, you know, crowd noise and uh, just straight talent and grittiness of the teams. But, yeah, I think that's the goal, you know. We won the national championship last year. You don't have to win a national championship every year. But, you know, one thing you want to see is continued dominance of your league. You know, 
you're not going to win the national championship every year. But as long as you're dominating your league, you're doing something right and you're giving yourself a shot too. Yeah, I mean, this is really the toughest conference. And honestly, we were probably going to do this later, but sneak preview, my Big East tournament champion, the St. John's Red Storm. But that'll come, more explanation on that will come later. Yeah, I feel like with this Big East tournament, it's almost good to lose in a tournament setting early on. Like we saw last year, they lost to Marquette. I mean, it's tough if you win the Big East tournament and obviously you go on to win the national title, that's at least 10, 11 straight wins in a row, which that's really hard to do. It's good to get a loss in there. Obviously you want to win it, but I agree. It's going to be tough, especially in the the Big East. Like we won the national championship last year and the preseason poll comes after the Big East. We didn't get a single first place vote. That's how tough it's going to be. I mean, I was surprised to see that myself. Marquette got seven and Creighton got 11. I assume it's the coaches or it's got to be the coaches that vote on that, and you can't vote for yourself, I assume. But I, I, that was very yeah. surprising to see. And I think that'll just about do it here. Episode 42 is kind of a longer one, a preview of the season. It's got to be long. It's a lot to talk about, a lot of guys, awards to hand out. It's going to be a really fun season this year for the Huskies. Obviously, may not top last year, but the talent, it's going to be really enjoyable to watch. And I feel like, we're going we're gonna to try to get a, a proper Northern Arizona preview out for you guys. We'll know more about Klingon by then, and we'll know more about a lot of things. So look for another episode before the season starts, maybe the day of or day before. And, yeah. Yeah, and just one more thing before we go. By the time we record again, we'll probably have Cooper Flagg's decision. So I don't want to jinx anything, but obviously that's a big deal. You know, we're in his top three, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost out on Pat Nagong, but I feel like there's there's bigger fish in the sea, Cooper Flag. But it, it's it's unfortunate to see a flag will have decided most likely by our next episode. We'll talk about it either a lot, a lot, a lot, or we'll mention he's a Duke. It's one or the other. So yeah, stay tuned for another episode in about less than two weeks, obviously for the season. Thanks for watching.